Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! Welcome to a new episode of Crazy Train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. I hope everyone's enjoying the ride so far. I know that I've been bringing on quite a different variation of guests from wrestlers to musicians. So I decided to take it back a little bit in time and bring on one of my favorite bands since the 90s. It's a Swedish death metal band called Vomitory. They just came out with a brand new album on Metal Blade Records called All Heads Are Going to Roll. Instead of like Sun Heads Are Gonna Roll, All Heads Are Gonna Roll. So I'm really grateful that uh, Tobias Gustafsson, who is the drummer, took some time out to talk to me today. So here he is, Tobias Gustafsson, a vomitory. Jusin Tuck, thank you so much for joining me today, Tobias. How does it feel to have a brand new album out? I'm excited for you, by the way. Uh, thank you. Uh, it feels amazing, actually, uh, after so many years and uh, uh, that the also that the album actually turned out uh, this good uh i i wasn't really expecting this um when we started writing but uh yeah after after some time i realized that yeah this is going to be absolutely killer and uh, judging from all the the feedback that we got so far from the from the two songs that we have released and also from uh, people like you who have heard the, the whole album uh it's been quite overwhelming to be honest so it, it feels great yeah i like the album because i just i like death metal and i love european death metal it's so much like with the exception of like suffocation or cannibal corpse and a few other bands i love stuff that comes out of sweden norway and finland and, and that's it. Yeah. Like I'm so stuck on that. And I know that you've been around in this business for quite some time. Do you think that um, it's been harder to write things now with the temperature of cancel culture? Because some bands find themselves holding back. Like you can't put out an album like brutally raped and sodomized and have to really like tone it down with things. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think we um we didn't tone it down at all um we just kept going like we usually do you know uh maybe the the lyrics are even more brutal than they were previously um and um uh, we didn't hold back on the first video uh, with the animation that's that's pretty pretty gruesome at, at times yeah, but I think people like um, gruesome things. I've come to realize that for like the past year. I yeah, get, I mean, it's it's like it's stuff metal. Yeah, it's gory. It's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So now that I see the Harley, da you confirmed that that's a Harley Davidson light in the background. Does that what you do in your spare time? Do you ride motorcycles? Uh, not anymore. I, I used to do that but uh, i don't have a bike since 2008 
So, what but, sorry. What did you have? Uh, a '79 shovelhead, uh, chopper, Swedish style. I don't know the difference between Swedish and American style with the uh, Okay, you know, with the extended uh, fork and uh, uh, wide. Uh, uh, Steering pins and uh, yeah, uh, high CC bar and, and so on. Interesting. Yeah. I'd be afraid to take a bike out in the cold weather there because it's so different, like being on the ice or like, I'm sure you, you guys are more acclimated to that type of thing. Um, getting back to All Heads Are Gonna Roll, which is a very cool title, by the way. Did Judas Priest have anything to do with that title? Yes. <laughs> That's the short answer. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been a Judas Priest fan since I was a kid. So, and um, at some point, probably when I heard the song, and they they're singing "Some Heads Are Gonna Roll," I, I mean, "All Heads Are Gonna Roll" is one notch cooler, I think. <laughs> so. Yeah, actually, not just some. It's like everyone's heads are gonna roll at that point. Yeah. yeah. And a little bit, that's that what we kind of felt when we started writing this album, that we had that as a some kind of uh, mantra uh, <laughs> or guiding star, uh, something like that, that uh, we're going to, with this album, all heads are going to fucking roll. So, yeah, makes sense in a way. It does. Um, yeah, it was your evening guiding star. So Evening Star, that was a Jewish priest song. Um, so with that said, I noticed that there are a lot of, uh, like there are different undertones in your album. So what actually went into the process of what the theme of the album would be? I mean, you have a lot of violence, right? There's um, some political stuff, I think, or undertones. What were your main components for it this time? Uh, well, lyrically, I think it's uh, all the lyrics on the album is written by Eric, our vocalist, bassist, uh, and I guess he went with the with his usual uh, sources of influences, which are, I guess, uh, movies, horror movies, or even you know uh, the the news on TV can get some inspiration to some really some really sick shit and um, also a, a, um, a big dose of uh, dark humor also uh, because uh, when you read the lyrics you, you can see that a lot of things are written you know tongue-in-cheek so to speak <coughs> yeah I mean I'm excited for the tour and Going back to one thing, during the pandemic, like when did this whole album, like when did you start it and how did the pandemic affect you guys? Did it affect anything maybe show-wise or production-wise? Well, it did. Um, I think we partially can thank the pandemic for, for the album getting done at all, actually. Um, because uh, we did this uh, temporary reunion in 2019 to play live shows only. Uh, and uh, we were supposed to do these shows during that year and then put the band back into the grave. But there were so many shows that we wanted to do uh, 
but we didn't simply didn't have the time. So we decided to extend this um, temporary reunion into 2020 and to play some more shows. But th then the pandemic came. Um, because we did these shows to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the band. Um, uh, so we did like everyone else. We we waited and waited and uh, shows got postponed uh, or even canceled. Uh, we were actually scheduled to play uh, like a five or six shows in Ukraine, um, like a few months before uh, the invasion happened. Uh, so um, where were I? Uh, pandemic yeah yeah pandemic yeah we were uh we, we still when we, we we were talking like when we're going to start playing live again it's not 30th anniversary anymore it's, it's more like 33 years so uh, we thought it was a a bit of a lame excuse to continue to play 30th anniversary shows uh for so long so we we were discussing if we should maybe do another album and uh, get back to together as a band for real. So in uh, July, I think, to 2021, we we decided we took the decision that yeah, let's make a new album and do this again. So I think uh, the pandemic definitely had had a part in this decision since everything got postponed and so on. But also we had such a great time during that year in 2019 and uh, everywhere we came, the, the fans were so, so grateful. And yeah, it was just a great feeling, you know, to, to, to play together again. So, yeah. Yeah, metal fans are always super loyal. That's one thing I've noticed and it's crazy. <coughs> Everyone knows, like, I cannot stand the Kardashians. And then Kim Kardashian's wearing the Slayer shirt and Metallica shirt. It's like, name one song, which you obviously can't do. But the reason is sometimes people think that the whole metal fan base will come over to, like, their side of things and be loyal to them. It's just not the same. It's like no. poster stuff. But that's been a long time. Like, 33 years. What do you think it was? What do you think it is that holds, that helps you be that successful? Like, to come back. I mean, every album you've done is great. You've done great shows. And um, obviously you handled the pandemic really well. So many people saw it as a very dark time. Smart people used it to be productive, right? So what do you think is the glue that holds your band together after all this time, even throughout the breakups and everything? Uh, well, strong friendship, I would say. Um, that's, the, that's the biggest biggest part and of course uh, the the love for death metal and extreme music and uh, playing it uh, I think it's as, as simple as that what did you want to be growing up did you always want to be a drummer or did you like want to work in a slaughterhouse or something uh drummer first uh actor second but the, the actor thing was just during a short period in the early 80s. Um, but uh, I always wanted to be a drummer. 
for as long as I can remember. That's interesting. So you wanted to do acting in the 80s. I could see you doing that, like even now. You know, you have a very distinct look. I don't know what the opportunities are in Sweden um, for that, but I could totally see it. And why drums? Did you watch like a Rush concert? Did you listen to 2112? Or what was that whole inspiration? Um, I don't know wh where it came from from the beginning, but uh, I remember when I was a kid watching TV, you know, the 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 Friday night shows with live bands and so on. Uh, I, my eyes was always drawn to the drummer and the drum kit because I, I, I just loved the look of it. And yeah, it's uh, I can't explain it, but I, I was always fascinated by, by the drummer and the drums. So very early on, I wanted to be a drummer. I, I, I uh, even took my mother's uh, knitting needles, you know, and played on the on the leather couch. <laughs> I don't know how she when I, when I was sorry. No, how did she feel about that? Oh, she was cool about it. Yeah. I mean, kids do all kinds of things. I think I took drum lessons when I was a kid, but I did it the right way. I had a drum head, like a little the little drum pad, because mm -hmm. I grew up in an apartment building, so you like your neighbors could hear you. Whereas in Sweden, yeah. it's probably like so it's so much more common for people to want to play music, I think. Um, so many great musicians come out of there. Yeah, I think it's a, it's being encouraged at a very early age in school, you know, and you 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 get the opportunity to to try different instruments and so on. So, yeah, that's what the system looked like here when I grew up and, and still still is actually. Um, uh, there's still a lot of uh, young people. Yeah, they, they get to try different instruments before they can decide which one they, they want to go with. Yeah, or if they want to get a really boring job or something like that. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, so when you weren't playing in the band, what were you doing? Were you like working with computers or something or... No, I've been working with uh, in a graphics workshop for oh, basically my whole adult life. Uh, so I do, you know, stickers and signs and uh, graphics on cars, uh, a lot, lot of uh, car graphics uh, for, for companies and, uh, you know, the local plumber or whatever, uh, that kind of stuff. So... It's a, it's a, it's a nice, I still do that. Uh, I never, um, uh, I work full time at, uh, at that place and um, uh, I've never, I've never had the music as a, as a full time job, except for the few months that I was in Amona Marth in 2015. Did I see, I'm just thinking, did I, I think I saw Amona Marth in that time and they played at John D in Oslo. Mm, okay. Um, I, I never I'm played live with them. Then. Okay, that's oh studio then. Mm. Okay, got it. Good to know. <laughs> I always get lost between the bands because it's just going to so many shows. You see so many different things, so many different um lineup changes and so forth, even though you weren't there live, you were in the studio with them. Uh yeah. Here's a question. Do you ever do you ever see yourself doing this full time? I mean, now that you have the new album out, are there shows that are planned? Are there any big tours, festivals? 
Yeah, we have some festivals planned for the, for this summer in uh, in Europe, uh, and in September we're doing a European tour uh, for about a month, <clears throat> and then um, we uh, we're going to Mexico to Mexico to play at Mexico Metal Fest in November in Monterey, and uh, I'm not sure, but they are working on a Asian tour as well for by the end of the year. So yeah, we have we have some some cool stuff coming up, and we're also working on more more tours and shows for for next year as well. Uh, we definitely want to go to to the U.S. for some touring, but uh, I'm not sure how how that looks. Uh, we are going to play at Maryland Death Fest in in Baltimore though next year. Cool. So looking forward to that. That's a fun one. It's a very um... Oh, how can I put it without being a jerk? Um, it's a very interesting crowd. Yeah, they're very interesting. Um, All right. Personally, <laughs> I prefer Europe for festivals and shows because everything is so much more organized. You come to the States to a festival, I mean, they don't know their head from their freaking ass sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's a whole other ball game. Plus, mm -hmm. I just Yeah, so, so I've heard. It is. Plus, it's so different seeing a really great metal band such as yourselves or like Amana Marth um, or Enslaved play in Europe, like play in the Scandic areas. It's like a homecoming of some sort. Uh, so then maybe this will be a full time thing. Are there three particular bands that you have not played with that you'd like to play a gig with? Um, yeah, uh, the, uh, but which ones? Yeah, there's probably so many. Um, there's so Why? many, yeah, but um, I'm not sure. I don't think we ever played with Napalm Death. That would be great. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've played it with a lot of our favorite bands. Um, uh, I can I can't think of it in any more at the moment. Yeah, sure, we would love to play with Iron Maiden, but that's not possible oh, for, yeah, for yeah, obvious anything's reasons. possible. Anything's well, possible. It's not world. very likely. It's not very likely. You could go out and make twenty million Swedish kroners. So, like anything is possible in this lifetime. Well, yeah, I'm yeah, telling I myself. <laughs> uh, what do you think the biggest struggle was for the band? Um, ever? Uh, well, by the end of uh, 2012, it was to keep going, I would say. Uh, it was starting to be, for me personally, it was like a big weight on my shoulders uh, and a big burden instead of being something that I, I used to love doing. Uh, that was that was a struggle, uh, and that for me that uh, also led to the decision to to split up the band. But there are, there were other reasons for that, also obviously. But uh, that was one. But also another critical point in in our career was uh, right after the release of our debut album in two thousand um, nineteen ninety six. Um, 
when our vocalist, because back then we were a five piece, uh, uh, our vocalist quit and our bass player quit. So it was just me and two, two guitarists <coughs> left. And uh, at that time, uh, that was in 90, uh, late 96. Uh, so death metal was not very hot in Sweden at that time. So it was very difficult to find, uh, to find uh, people who were even interested in, in playing this stuff. Uh, and of course we wanted someone somewhat close in our area to join the band, but we, we couldn't find anyone. So, you know, we put up these ads in the music stores and record stores and we spread the word through our, uh, through our uh, contacts in, in the underground and so on, but it was very difficult. So actually for a while we, we started talking about maybe we should put the band on a hiatus or call it quits even. But then all of a sudden we realized that we had this, the first solution, a, a new bass player right in front of us because uh, that was Eric. Um, uh, he was a friend of our previous bass player, Thomas. So we knew him since before. And, you know, we were, we were hanging out and uh, drinking beer and went to concerts and so on. And we were, I remember we were at the King Diamond and Merciful Fate show in Gothenburg. Um, and we were drinking beer and blah, blah, blah. And then we started talking about uh, how the hell are we going to find a new bass player and a new vocalist? And then Eric all of a sudden says, I can play the bass. And we were all like, yes, of course, you will play the bass. So that was, uh, that was the turning point. Um, and then we also found a, a new vocalist. So, but that was a critical moment um, that could have uh, ended the band right there. But luckily it didn't. Now, I hope you guys are coming out with vinyl. I love vinyl. Did you guys put anything out on vinyl for this one or? Yeah, there are like 5,000 different color versions. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I think it's one. like six different versions or something like that. <clears throat> so yeah, it's, it's definitely coming out on, on vinyl. That's kind of cool. You said there are like five different 5,000 different colored versions because I still have my original um, King Diamond album, The Fatal Portrait. And someone told me that that album, it's very um, specific with the yellow in the background. I didn't really notice it because I have a bunch of King, uh, King Diamond albums, but that specific one, I'm trying to compare it to someone else's to see if that's true. Do I have some kind of a rare print or whatever? Oh, so, cool. Hoping so, but I'll definitely pick up one of your albums, the vinyls, because I think it's so cool bands are doing that. That's something like this generation will never be cool enough to witness. The, you people will never see a real 8-track cassette. You guys will never ever see real vinyl and what it's like to hang out in a parking lot blasting heavy metal and having a beer or a wine cooler or something. I never mm. liked But yeah, um, it's a very different time now than when you... Um, first started and did you see did you think it might be challenging to make money doing this when you guys came back into the business because everything was starting to be downloaded and it, there just wasn't as much money for some bands when you toured no but you know we never we never uh, 
made any money from from record sales or album sales um, yeah we get some every now and then but uh, that uh, you know it, it covers the cost for new cymbals and the new drum heads maybe so on <coughs> so but we we do do get better paid for shows these days um which which is good for us of course because um Yeah, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. I'd hope you're not doing it just for your health, even though some people do the craziest things just for their health and not money. Uh, yeah. So do you have any messages for your fans of what they can expect and the best place they could find you on the internet? Uh, the best place they can find us on the internet is, uh, well, I should go to vomitory.net, our new beautiful website uh, and all the links th that you need are there um, links to our new uh, web shop where you can find the new merch and uh, the new album you can pre-order it there and uh, also the links to videos and old videos and um, you can also browse through old uh, uh, live dates all the back to I think it's 1999 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the best place to start. Yeah, obviously I'll post them. And one last question, I just had to ask this and I didn't want to look up the answer either. Why vomitory? Like, why would anyone come up with a name like that? <laughs> uh, well, it's... Um... Back in the day, uh, you know the Swedish band Tiamat? Of course. Uh, before, <laughs> before they uh, turned into Tiamat, they were called Treblinka. And they, uh, they were more like a black metal outfit. <laughs> and they put out uh, a seven-inch vinyl single. Uh, and uh, my brother, uh, Urban, who is the guitarist of Vomitory, he had that single and... Uh, this was just when we started the band, and uh, and one of the band members, uh, his name was Emetic. So, what the hell is that? So we looked it up in a Swedish English dictionary, uh, and the the uh, it said that Emetic is something that causes vomiting or induces vomiting, and there was also this uh, synonymous word vomitory. So we thought, yeah, that's cool. It, it's a, it, it has vomitory in it. I mean, it has vomit in it and it has an ending with a Y, Ori. That's very death metal. So we went, we went with that. You know, here's something I did find out. A lot of kids like I grew up with, we all had motorcycle jackets in the 80s. We'd wear them to shows, but the reason everyone liked those jackets because if you puke on it, it comes off so much quicker and easier. <laughs> Not that we did that. Yeah. Well, Jason Duck, I really, really hope to see you on tour. Um, I did listen to your older stuff before. And plus, I think there's nothing better than European death metal. And that's the truth. Thanks so much for cool. joining us. And I'll yeah. see you soon. Thank you very much.
are you enjoying the ride on my crazy train? Woo! Please make sure to rate and review Crazy Train Podcast. Take a screenshot, send it to me in a DM via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I will send you a free goodie bag. Oh, and Crazy Train Podcast is now on YouTube. So subscribe, Crazy Train Podcast, that's with a K, on YouTube for video interviews and never heard before interviews and some really cool bonus content. Woo!